Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Professional Sports Talk Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jack Murphy. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode. Free agency is upon us, and there are a lot of teams making really big moves, lots of teams making early impressions and splash moves right off the bat. Other teams are taking it slow, not signing too many big guys. Other teams are doing a little bit of the in-between. There's a lot of teams that, you know, have made some acquisitions for cheap that I think can really contribute in a big way. A lot of sleeper free agents. It's just a really deep class as far as free agents goes. There's still a lot of guys left on the market that are going to be very high impact. Uh, but I'll get all that, get to all that, excuse me, I'm going to be here to break it all down for you guys, what I'm taking away from it, who I think is the, the biggest winners. Obviously, there's opinions about teams like the Jets, like the Dolphins, like the Jaguars, like the Chargers, who, in my opinion, are some of the biggest winners of free agency so far but again it's very early on there's still a lot of moves to be made and i'm very excited to talk about it in the next coming weeks um we i guess we can start off right off the bat i'm just gonna let you guys know if you do hear any purring or meowing there's a kitten currently in my lap and i don't know how to move him without being rude because he's just so cute um so i'm just gonna let him hang out here if you guys hear that uh yeah that's i mean you know what it is now so addressed it got it out of the way um there's plenty of moves i'm very excited about i won't talk about all the new additions but i will talk about some of the teams that have made the biggest splash um teams like the jaguars the chargers the broncos they're all making huge moves other teams like my bears and the colts have been very quiet um they're selling some of their pieces like rocky sin um but we'll get to all of that <coughs> excuse me uh, it should be very interesting to see what moves those teams choose to make. <clears throat> God, excuse me. I don't know what's going on with my throat there. But, um, I mean, in relation there to teams selling, there are te- teams like the Bucks, teams like the Cowboys, teams like the Rams that are really losing some talent, can't afford to bring all their guys back. Um, but we'll get to all of that. Like I just said, there's also new details about the Rodgers contract. So I'll talk about that briefly. But let's just get right into it. Let's start with the Chargers, who I think are winning winning free agency so far, and a lot of other people do as well. First off, the day after my last episode came out, news came out that the Bears were trading Khalil Mack to the Chargers. And upon initial reaction, especially as a Bears fan, I wish we could have gotten a little more from him. Uh, It's a second-round pick this year and a sixth-round pick next year. I was really hoping he'd carry more value, uh, something along the lines of like the Von Miller trade that we saw last year that was a second- and a third-round pick for one year of production from Von Miller. This is not the case this year. Um, Yeah, Khalil is making more than Von was making last year, so I definitely think that has something to do with it. But he still has some time left on his contract. Um, He is coming off of an injury, and it's just a very very similar situation to what Von was in. A lot of people were questioning if Von was still going to be the elite player that he is. And maybe he's not anymore, but he can still contribute at a very high level, especially with the talent that was around him in L.A. I think Khalil can do a lot of very similar things on the other L.A. team. Um, just with guys like, uh, Joey Bosa lining up opposite of him, they obviously signed Sebastian Joseph Day, which is a very good signing. Uh, they might be looking at defensive tackle Jordan Davis in this most recent draft. We'll see if he falls to that spot at 17. Either way, he's making $17.75 million this year. 
um, which is off the books for the Bears, now on the books of the Chargers. Hopefully this money as a Bears fan will be re redirected towards the Bears offensive line and some playmakers on the outside. Uh, the Chargers being in that window where they're not paying Herbert yet, this is exactly the type of move you have to make. Um, and just from a fit standpoint, it's amazing. Again, it gives them someone to line up opposite of Joey Bosa. Uh, he's an elite run defender, and the Chargers were very putrid against the run last year. And it, again, it just gives more headaches to opposing offenses. You can't double Joey. You can't double Mac. What are you going to choose to do? It's going to be very, very, very it's going to be a handful. I'll just put it that way. It's going to be a handful for many offensive coordinators this year. And with the departure of Melvin Ingram a couple years ago for the Chargers, they've been missing this part of their defense. And Khalil gives them Melvin Ingram and then some. Because he is just, I believe when he's still on the field, he's still extremely productive. I hope he can stay healthy this year. And it's there's no jealousy here. I mean, maybe a little. But... If he's going to go to any team, I'm glad it's an L.A. team. I'm glad it's the Chargers. Um, if you know me, you know why I'm so excited about that. Um, going to be really cool. Hopefully, I can meet him one day. Uh, Cole. Uh, <laughs> um, but regardless, just a very good move from the Chargers standpoint. Again, this is their window. They're not paying Herbert yet. They're going out and getting these guys. And they're loading up on a roster that was very good last year, the very brink of the playoffs. And they're just saying... We can be better than this, and this is exactly what they're doing by this move. Um, they also signed J.C. Jackson to a five-year, $82.5 million deal with $40 million guaranteed in the first two years. This honestly seems like a very valuable contract to me, and I wouldn't be surprised if after the first couple years, J.C. comes to the charges and decides that he wants it to be restructured where he gets more money. Uh, because right now he's averaging $16.25 million per year. That makes him the sixth highest paid cornerback in the league. I was really expecting him to get highest paid cornerback in the league numbers. His first two years, he practically is with all that guaranteed money. But again, that changes after these first two years. And it essentially is a two-year contract that they're going to see what they want to do with him after that. Because in two years, they're going to be having to pay Justin Herbert and he is going to be you know, worth a haul. So either way, JC Jackson in elite man coverage corner, very, very good, particularly in man. Uh, again, one of the very best corners in the league last year. And just in general, over the last few years, he's been extremely productive. And again, being added to a team that was already very close, being added to a team that could use another corner. And this is a star studded team, both offensively and defensively. I already talked about the signing a little bit, so I won't get too much into it, but they also snagged Sebastian Joseph Day from the Los Angeles Rams, and even if he's not the biggest name, he's a very, very solid player who fills a need among their defensive line, and the Chargers were very weak on the interior of their defensive line last year. He can still stop the run at a high level like we saw last year and over the past couple years. So again, just maybe not the biggest name, maybe didn't give him the biggest contract, but it's free agency signings like this that really make a huge difference. Obviously, the big name players can make huge impact plays and they're playmakers for a reason and they're getting paid the big bucks like Khalil and like JC because, you know, they're big deals and they're amazing talents. But Sebastian Joseph Day is a very, very solid player. And I expect him to be very productive along this Chargers defensive line. Now, let's talk about the Jaguars. Another team that's making a lot of huge, big splash moves. Um, first, I want to talk about the news that everyone seems to be talking about. And right when you bring up the Jaguars, everyone wants to talk about this. They signed Christian Kirk. 
to a four-year, $72 million deal can be worth up to $84 million with the incentives on there. So at base, it's $18 million per year, and at most, it is $20.5 million per year, which is a shit ton of money, and absolutely, a lot of people are saying that's an overpay, and I think a lot of people are right in saying so, but... With DJ Chark walking away, they needed someone else to stretch the field vertically for them. DJ Chark going to Detroit, if you haven't heard already. He's on a basically a one-year prove-it deal. Very valuable pickup for Detroit. I really like that move for him. I thought he was going to get a little more on the open market because he's still a very young receiver. Uh, still has a lot of talent there. Got a lot of speed to work with. But regardless, we're not going to talk about that right now. We're focusing on Christian Kirk. Let's shift the focus back to there. They needed someone to stretch the field vertically for them with DJ Chark being gone, um, especially from the slot because they have a lot of outside guys already there, such as Marvin Jones, and um, I'm forgetting the name of that other receiver they have there. That is also an outside threat. Whatever. Regardless, Marvin Jones is their main outside guy. He was very productive for them last year. I expect him to continue that production. Uh, Christian Kirk complements his skill set very well. They're very different receivers, and... I think there's a lot to work here with Trevor Lawrence now, but let's just focus back on the contract for a second. Um, I think people have to understand that the drags, the Jags, the drags, <laughs> the Jags aren't some attractive location for free agents. They can't just offer the same as other teams to Christian Kirk and expect Christian to choose the Jaguars over other teams. I really think that this extra money they were throwing towards him was really just so they can persuade him to come here or come there, I guess, go to Jacksonville. Um, and so for that matter, it's not the worst contract in that regards, but again, it is a little bit of an overpay. He's never had a thousand yards receiving in his career. He's shown a lot of flashes in a lot of moments, but he's never really put it all together through the entirety of a season. So Overall, I don't love this move, but there are a lot of other moves that they made that I do really like. They signed another receiver in Zay Jones that is, again, also an outside guy to compliment Marvin Jones there and line up on the sa- at the same time as Christian Kirk. This one was a lot more valuable. Three years, $24 million. But again, this isn't like some groundbreaking move. Um, this is a very like C plus, B minus move to me. Um, I don't think Zay Jones is anything to write home about. Um, I don't really think this move drastically helps them. But again, he's very cheap. He's still only 26 years old, um, so he still has a lot of room to improve. Could create good chemistry with Trevor Lawrence. Had the best year of his career last year with Derek Carr. Um, Maybe we could see similar production there. So again, I'm just kind of surprised because they have a lot invested in this offense, and it makes me think they're leaning in the direction of Aiden Hutchinson. Maybe they're not going to end up taking Evan Neal number one overall. Not that it'd be a bad pick or anything, but um, just with all they've been investing in the offense with all these weapons going there, I would not be surprised if Aiden Hutchinson is now the number one overall pick. Again, not really like I'd be surprised if that happened before any of these moves, but I just think there's a little more merit to that argument now. They also signed Evan Ingram to a one-year prove-it deal. I believe it was like a one-year $8 million or $9 million deal. And again, just adding to their offense more pieces for their young quarterback there in Trevor Lawrence. Only problem is, again, none of these moves are just incredibly groundbreaking. They're just very solid. And 
it's not like any of these moves are going to hurt them by any means i'm not saying that at all it's just more so like how much can it truly help them uh i think at best this is like an 8-9 team at absolute best um but we'll see maybe doug peterson to prove me wrong the afc south is a little bit of a mess the colts don't really have a quarterback right now deshaun watson obviously is, isn't going to be in houston and um the titans are i mean they should be a little bit worse in my opinion i don't really think they duplicate the success they had last year i think that was just an amazing amazing display of coaching by mike vrabel to keep it all together even when all those guys were injured so we'll see if they can do it again uh regardless the jags should be a little bit better uh they also signed brandon scherf uh this was an excellent signing this is a signing that can seriously you know give him a couple wins um add a couple wins because when Brandon Scherf is healthy and assuming he is healthy and on the field because he has had to deal with some injuries last year in particular, he is still one of, if not the very best guard in our league. Uh, he, they signed him to a three-year four, excuse me, three-year $49.5 million deal with $30 million guaranteed. Um, and again, even being 30, having some injury history, he's still extremely productive when he's on the field. Uh, with all that being said, I'm kind of surprised he didn't go to another team and maybe even make a little more money. But again, I, th I just think it's because his age, his injury history, regardless, I really like this move for him. And it's not like it's a crazy long contract. 30 million guaranteed is a decent amount to give up. But again, I'm pretty sure it's only over the first two years so they can technically move on from him there at his age 32 season, which we see guards play longer than that. And I think he will. So not really worried about that one there. I just think it's a very good move for him. They also added Foye Aluakon. I believe I'm saying that name right. Let me know if I'm not. Uh, he was the inside linebacker for the Atlanta Falcons last year. He led the league in tackles. Just flew around all over the place. In my opinion, one of the most underrated free agents in this year's class. They dropped Miles Jack for this move and signed Aluakon to a three-year $45 million deal. This is another move that I was really surprised by, and I think it's a really good move by the Jags. I think Oluokon, again, very underrated player. Surprised he didn't get more on the open market. He had an, a crazy year last year. He's only getting better, and he's only 26 years old. So, again, Oluokon, one of my favorite free agents in this class. Excellent move for the Jaguars. They now have their version of a Devin White, a guy who can just fly around, rack up tackles, even have some versatility and coverage and rushing the passer, which again, he's only getting better at. In addition, the Jaguars also added a very good run defender in, um, I don't know how to say this guy's name and I'm going to butcher it. I might look up like a little, I'm just going to say his last name, whatever. I'm not even going to try his first name. Uh, Fatukasi? Fatukasi. Um, another sleeper acquisition, well, he's going to immediately contribute. He was on the Jets last year, so he didn't really get a whole lot of attention from the media, but he's a very solid player, very, very good against the run. And <clears throat> overall, I think the Jaguars stat started the new year on a very positive note. I like a lot of their moves that their new staff made. It's just going to be interesting to see what they can do with it all. And I trust Doug Peterson very much. And I think that, you know, again, they're making the right moves. They're heading in the right direction. They should be better than first overall pick. In the very least. <laughs> you would hope so, at least. Now, let's quickly shift to the Steelers acquiring the Nickelodeon MVP, Mitchell Trubisky. It's a two-year contract worth $40 million, or not $40 million, no, 
14 million dollar deal which can be up to 27 million dollars um, again very very drastic change there um, up to 27 millions with incentives i couldn't find the exact criteria for the incentives i don't think they're released to the public yet but i imagine they have to be pretty unrealistic considering how drastically different the pay the pay difference would be if he hit those marks i imagine it has to be something like winning the super bowl winning the super bowl mvp winning the mvp like that type of stuff getting like 4,500 passing yards over, you know, 40 touchdowns, just stuff that they know realistically Mitch will not get. Um, and again, if he does get those, those things that it's not like they're going to be upset with paying him that money. Cause that just means they absolutely blew their expectations out of the water. Um, either way, it's not very much money and he is an upgrade from Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins. Um, he's still a very good athlete with a good arm. He can add plays that weren't even imaginable with Ben Roethlisberger under center. He can move the pocket around and throw on the run. Um, in addition, Trubisky is being placed in a very good situation for him. Hall of Fame head coach, very, very good defense. Some really good offensive weapons in Deontay Johnson, Najee Harris, Chase Claypool, Pratt Firemuth. All those guys are very young too. Um, so yeah, he could absolutely lead this team to a playoff appearance, but... Again, that doesn't really shut the door on them drafting a quarterback and just letting him sit. Because don't get me wrong, I don't think Mitch is the future here. Um, I think logical Steelers fans also realize that he's not the future there too. So it could just be a decent bridge quarterback. You bring in a guy like Matt Corral, Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis, uh, even though I don't think Malik will be there. Um, Desmond Ritter, one of those guys. Let him sit for a year or two. Let him develop. And then, or, but you know, best case scenario or maybe we're i don't know depending on how you want to look at it depending on if mitch is an absolute dumpster fire then that's kind of worst case scenario you have to let your rookie you know start when they're not ready but best case scenario the rookie just straight up beats him out and then you have mitch as a very solid backup and you've got your future playing so again just it's not a crazy move but as far as value goes as far as where the team is right now as a roster standpoint and just how elite mike tomlin is as a head coach it's a very good move for them and it's very valuable um quarterback market is absolutely ridiculous a lot of guys are being paid absurd amounts of money and this is an absolute steal to get mr Trubisky at this price the Steelers also made a very excellent move in bringing in James Daniels over from Chicago. He was very, very solid, particularly in the run game for Chicago over the last few years. Um, I was really hoping Chicago would extend him. Uh, given the price the Steelers got him at, it was a three-year, $26.5 million deal. I'm really shocked that we didn't just pay him more to stay. I really thought that we were going to build this offensive line around him. Uh, he's got center and guard versatility. He's a very very solid guard and I really thought we were going to give him like a three-year 30 million dollar deal and I would not be upset with that especially with how much cap space the Bears have right now we're not paying a young quarterback obviously um so yeah just very surprised by that uh this was an absolute steal for the Steelers that was a stupid ass pun I didn't mean to do that um I, I legitimately did not mean to do that um whose O-line was you know really really bad last year and it's a big W for them to pick up a guy of this caliber. Big loss for the Bears, and I really hope hoped that Daniels was going to be back. Either way, A-plus pickup for the Steelers, and a move that maybe not enough people are talking about. The Steelers also signed cornerback Levi Wallace to a two-year $10 million deal. Again, another move that I don't think people are talking enough about. Levi Wallace was very solid for the Bills last year, and... <clears throat> 
to get him at $5 million a year for a player of this caliber, again, just a very valuable pickup. A um, lot of really good moves by the Steelers, like a lot of those now. Let's shift to a team that's losing some players, but also keeping some key contributors around. That's Tampa Bay. They lost Alex Kappa to the Bengals, which, by the way, was a very, very good move for the Bengals. I believe the Bengals also signed um, a backup center from the Vikings, I want to say. Uh, regardless, I like the moves they're making. They're bolstering the offensive line, uh, just as everyone thought they would do this offseason. I think they'll con continue to do so in the draft. But let's get back to the Buccaneers here. They just traded for Shaq Mason, a very good replacement for Alex Kappa. Uh, an upgrade, actually, for just a fifth-round pick from the New England Patriots. I could not believe that move when I saw it. It's like Tom Brady's just calling a favor from Bill Belichick. Um, Bill Belichick makes a lot of moves as a GM that I really just don't understand. Uh, not bringing back J.C. Jackson was one of them. Letting Shaq Mason go to the Buccaneers for nothing but a fifth-round pick is another one. Uh, it's only an $8 million cap hit for the Buccaneers as well, so just an excellent move. Um, and regardless, Mason is just an elite guard. They were also able to retain, retain, retain their center, Ryan Jensen, who was a very vital part of their offensive line last year, a leader among the offensive line, and one that got, a, got along very well with Brady. They kept Carlton Davis around. Uh, they, they got a team-friendly deal, three years, $45 million for him. Um, so was, despite losing guys like Marpet to retirement, Sue is likely leaving. Jordan Whitehead is leaving for the Jets. Um, by the way, really, really good sign in there for the Jets. I believe it was like a two-year. I can't remember the number right off the top of my head. But either way, it was a steal of a fucking pick, um, especially considering how much uh, Marcus May is getting paid now, which is a lot more than that. And Marcus Williams also getting paid a lot. Um, not saying that... Jordan Whitehead is on the level of those guys, but just relatively value speaking, they got him on a great deal. I can't remember what exactly what the deal is off the top of my head, um, but you can go ahead and look that up for yourself. Jordan Whitehead to the Jets is a very good move for them. Again, jumping back to the Bucks. Sorry, getting off topic. They added Russell Gage for a three mil or three mil three year thirty. 30 million dollar deal jesus i can't speak there's the kitten uh 20 million dollars guaranteed on that one this is an excellent move for the buccaneers and again one that probably isn't getting enough attention they're now once again loaded at the receiver position with chris godwin being under the franchise tag mike evans obviously still being there and russell gage was a lot better than i think people fully realize he was very very good in the absence of calvin ridley he had a couple games where he absolutely torched some teams including the buccaneers in one game where i believe he had like 14 catches if i'm not mistaken um regardless he came out of college purely as a speed guy he ran a 4-4-2 a lot of teams fell in love with that speed and he's become so much more despite his frame not being very big he is an absolute catch radius guy he can go up climb the ladder come down with it if you guys listen to my podcast during the season, you guys know how much I love Russell Gage. I think he's going to be very, very productive with Tom Brady. And I think he's going to be a great sleeper in fantasy leagues. So keep that in mind once your fantasy drafts come around. Let's move on to... Actually, no, let's stick with the Buccaneers for a second because I just realized I haven't talked about this on this podcast yet because this happened in the meantime of recording my last one. Brady's back. That's... Uh, that's, that's about as good as a transition you're going to get. Brady is back. Am I surprised? No, I'm not at all. If you know me, you know I've been saying that he was going to do this for some time. I just think he's too competitive. He's still too good. The Buccaneers are 
still going to be a very, very good team. And I think they have to be considered serious contenders, especially with the NFC being a lot weaker than it was last year. And the NFC was already fairly weak last year. Um, I think the Packers should be a little worse. The Rams should be a little worse. The Niners should be a little worse. The Cowboys should definitely be worse. So again, it's just looking at the landscape of who he's going to be facing. I am not surprised at all he's coming back. I'm not surprised at all that he can't compete you know, contain that competitive nature of him. He is one of the greatest competitors that's ever lived. Um, and he's still got it. Let's be honest. He is still slinging the rock. He is still insanely, insanely talented. And he still has a lot left in the tank. That was evident of last year. So again, not surprised at all that he's coming back. Let's talk about a few more guys before I wrap up this episode. Let's talk about the Broncos really quick. Obviously, already talked about their acquisition of Russell Wilson. You, I'm sure you've already heard plenty about it. They also signed Packers offensive guard Ben Braden, I believe that's what his name was, uh, to a one-year deal. Just kind of a meh deal. Not too much to think about there. But again, getting more protection for their franchise quarterback. Nothing wrong with that at all. They signed 49ers defensive tackle DJ Jones. This is another move that I think people are not talking enough about. DJ Jones, first off, the fact that he's departing the San Francisco 49ers has to absolutely hurt the Niners to, in a lot more ways than people realize. DJ Jones was extremely productive for them, extremely disruptive for them. And I'm not saying that he started a lot of the success for guys like Joey Bosa, for guys like Fred Warner, but he absolutely made it easier on those guys. He's going to fit right in with the Broncos here. And he's going to be an excellent defensive tackle for the next three years for them. And getting them only at $10 million per year seems like an absolute steal for me. They also extended linebacker Josie Jewell. Um, very, very solid linebacker for them. Two years, $11 million. Again, valuable pick up there. Just a very solid pick. Um, like, a, like a B, if I had to grade it. Just a, a B pick because, or a B signing, I guess, because... Uh, they need linebackers. He was one of their best linebackers, and they're not paying him very much at all. They made a huge swing on outside linebacker Randy Gregory, signing him to a five-year, $70 million deal. I thought this was the type of deal that they were going to give to Von Miller. None of this length, um, but still, this seems like a kind of a weird move to me. Randy Gregory seems like a pretty high-risk player. I know he was very productive last year for the Niners, but he's been in and out of suspensions his entire career. He is 29 years old, and five years, $70 million is a lot of money to throw at a 29-year-old, and it's a long-time commitment. Um, I haven't seen the exact specifics of the detail, or specifics of the deal, excuse me. I imagine it's very front-loaded, going to be one of those deals where they can basically choose to move off him after two years with no significant cap hit. But again, I'm just really surprised they made a move like this. I really thought they were going to be bringing Vaughn Miller back for possibly even cheaper than this. And just seems like a little bit of a high-risk move. I like a lot of the moves the Broncos have been making, and I do think that they're going to be significantly better this next year. That's not a hot take at all by saying that. That's not like I'm standing out on a limb, and I'm sure most other people agree with me in that standpoint. But Randy Gregory just seems like a little bit of an overpay. Um don't really love that move too much by the Broncos. Let's move on to uh, just a couple teams here and just some teams I want to highlight, some moves I want to highlight before I wrap up. Just a couple more things. Let's talk about the, about the Miami Dolphins really quick. They signed Broncos quarterback Teddy Bridgewater to a one-year deal worth $6.5 million. 
this is a very solid move for them. I think he's going to be a very solid backup to Tua. They're calling him a backup right now, but I would not be surprised if by the end of the year he is the starter. Um, and I think he can run this Mike McDaniel offense at a fairly high level um, because I don't think they're going to ask too much of him, um, him or Tua, whoever happens to be starting. Either way, it's a very run-heavy offense and a lot of play action, a lot of boots, a lot of like... You know, it's a Jimmy Garoppolo ship. Throws over the middle, screen passes, dish outs, that type of stuff. And uh, Teddy Bridgewater, as a game manager who can limit his mistakes, I think he's going to be fine in this role. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's starting before the end of the year. They also added Cardinals running back Chase Edmonds to a two-year deal worth $12.6 million. I really like this move a lot for him, too, because I think, again, Chase Edmonds, one of those guys that's maybe not getting enough attention. He's a very, very good pass catcher out of the backfield. I think he complements this Mike McDaniel scheme very well. And he can also be a full-time three-down back if you need him to be. He can still run between the tackles. Maybe not as quite as effectively as some of these other guys in the league, but he's a very solid player, and I could see him having a very solidified role in this offense. Uh, they signed Cedric Wilson to a three-year, two hundred or two hundred no, twenty-two point eight million dollar deal. Again, just it's a good move. Cedric Wilson's solid. They're not paying him too much. Um, nothing that brings you crazy over the top, but it's a good move. They the last move I want to point out to them is signing Cowboys offensive guard Connor Williams, two years, fourteen million dollars. This is a great move. Connor Williams, he did catch a little bit of slack last year there were times where he got beat but he's still a very solid guard he's a, definitely above average um the dolphins need offensive line help in many many ways uh connor williams is going to be a great fit in this zone scheme that mike mcdaniel's bringing over from that kyle shanahan tree uh they're going to be running the ball a lot they're going to be spreading the offensive line trying to get you know as much space in front of these running backs as possible connor williams can absolutely do that for the miami dolphins let's talk about the new york jets really quick because they're making a lot of moves that i really like as well first off i want to talk about 49ers offensive guard lakin tomlinson three years 40 million dollars um this is a great move for robert sala and the jets again Robert Sala being the head coach, being under Kyle Shanahan, they're running a very similar scheme to the Miami Dolphins, to the San Francisco 49ers. They're running that zone scheme. Lakin Tomlinson can transition, transition excuse me, immediately to this, scheme, um, to this team because, again, it's the same scheme. Um, he's been running this for years, and it's going to be an instant fit. He's a very, very solid guard and a very good move for him. They also signed Cor Seahawks cornerback DJ Reed to a three-year, $30 million deal. Like that deal a lot. DJ Reed's a very solid player. I think he's going to fit very well in that solid scheme. Um, sign they re-signed Tevin Coleman to a one-year, basically prove-it deal. Yeah, that's whatever. They signed Bengals tight end CJ Uzama to a three-year, $24 million deal. I like this move a lot, mostly because of the uh, the veteran leadership that this guy can bring. I don't even think he's going to be crazy productive or anything like that, which he still can be. He's still proven that he can be effective when you know given the right opportunities. And I am excited to see his connection with Zach Wilson. I really hope Zach Wilson can you know blossom into the quarterback that we all want him to be. Um, maybe not if we're you know division rivals in the AFC East, but whatever. I, I just really like this move from a veteran standpoint. Um, CJ was with the Bengals when they were absolutely garbage. He was with the Bengals when they were absolutely destroying everybody. So I like that move a lot. Uh, oh, I do have the details of the Whitehead 
signing right here for the Jets. It was a two-year, $14.5 million deal. Again, just a great value there. Jordan Whitehead is a very, very, very solid young safety, and he's only getting better. And pairing him with Marcus May, I really like that move there. All right. Let's talk quickly about Hassan Reddick's deal. The Eagles snatched him up on an absolutely phenomenal deal. I'm really surprised that he didn't just stay with Carolina for more money. I'm really surprised that Carolina let him walk with his connection to Matt Rule coming from Temple. Either way, the Eagles signed Hassan Reddick for a three-year, $45 million deal. And this is an absolute, just, it's it's a great move for him. Hassan Reddick has, you know, there's been a couple times where Coming out of college, we didn't really know what position he was going to play. We didn't really know how efficient he was going to be. Um, well, he has just a, turned into a damn good pass rusher. He has double-digit double sacks in the last two years. Um, and the Eagles were absolutely missing pass rush last year. It fixes a need. It's not very expensive. And Hassan Reddick is still young, very effective. And, yeah, he's going to be a great addition to this Eagles defense. To wrap up this episode, I just still want to say there are still a lot of great guys out there on the market. It's crazy how much talent there is in this free agent class. Guys like Teron Armstead, who I think is going to get in an absolute bag somewhere. Um, I think he might be waiting to see what Deshaun Watson is doing to see if he ends up on the Saints. I have a feeling if he does end up on the Saints, which I don't think is going to happen, but if he does somehow manage to end up there i think teron's going to want to stay and play with him regardless teron's going to get paid a bag wherever he goes alan robinson's still on the market uh i think a good fit for him would be a team like the raiders who just signed chandler jones um to pair with max crosby which i mean the afc west is just ridiculously loaded with talent i don't really think it makes too much of an impact i still think the raiders are going to be the worst team in that division but hey i said that last year and the raiders made the playoffs so jokes on me von miller is still on the market uh, again very surprised he's not on the broncos right now very surprised they signed randy gregory instead of him Odell Beckham Jr. is still in the market, who proved he can still be effective when healthy. Hopefully, he can get back from that ACL and be 100%. Tyron Matthews is still in the market, who I really thought some team was going to reach for and overpay the hell out of him, because if you know me, you know I'm not the craziest fan of Tyron Matthew. I think he's a little overrated, and I really thought he was going to get overpaid. But now that no team has signed him yet and this much time has passed, maybe he's not going to get as much money as I thought. Trent Brown is still in the market. Again, just a very, very solid player. Surprised the Patriots haven't extended him yet. The Patriots are going to have a lot of turnover in their roster. It's going to be very interesting to see how they deal with it. Um, but again, if there's anyone you don't doubt, it's Belichick. So we'll see. Uh, Keem Hicks is still in the market. Again, very solid defensive tackle. Not expecting him to come back to the Bears in any sense. Um, I really thought a decent team was going to, like a contender, like... I really thought he was going to the Chargers, if I'm being honest, but then they signed Sebastian Joseph Day. So I could see him on a team like the Ravens. I could see him on a team. My point is, I think he's going to take a little less money and try and go win a ring with a contender. Bobby Wagner is still in the market, obviously. Um, very curious to see where he ends up. Jadavion Clowney, even Dwayne Brown, guys like that. Um, just a ton of really, really solid players left on the market. It's going to be very interesting to see how much money they make, how much they're asking for right now, if that's affecting uh, why they haven't signed yet, if teams are just not willing to pay the prices they're demanding, or whatever the case may be, it's going to be very interesting to see where these guys end up. This free agency has already started in an absolute 
blast of a way. I've had a ton of fun reading about all the new signings. I also want to say just one last signing before I end this episode off. Marcus Williams signed with, with the Baltimore Ravens. I believe it was a five-year, $70 million deal, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, that is a great move for the Ravens. They also signed back Zadarius Smith to a three-year... 20 something million dollars i don't remember i don't remember the exact details of the zadarius smith contract but all i remember is they fucking stole him he's coming back to baltimore uh he's going to be a great fit there very effective and it was a position of need for him so and when you get him for that cheap that's just incredible um considering what he was getting paid in green bay to what he's getting paid now it's significantly less and i really thought he was going to sign with a different team for more money, but good for him. Uh, good for Marcus. The Ravens should be very, very solid next year as long as they can stay healthy. All right. I think that's pretty much all I have to talk about in today's episode. I'm going to quickly go over my, yeah, that, that's all I got for you guys. All right. Well, I mean, I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you guys did, be sure to leave a like, follow me, um, share this episode with your friends and family. It'd mean a whole lot. Uh, but yeah, that's going to be all from me guys. Thank you so much for tuning in once more. It's been Jack Murphy and peace out.